Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Super Bowl week in Las Vegas. Apparently the desert is a flood the heavens have opened up the rains all throughout nevada a gray ugly wet day and the media oh oh we love to complain don't we i mean does anyone complain honestly like the media we get free golf we get free food we get free opportunities to do this free opportunities to do that Yet most of us are overfed, most of us are incredibly annoying, and most of us go out of our way to find something to complain about. Yeah, 19 years ago, it was right here in Duval, the Super Bowl. I was not here. I was in Chicago. It was about 20 degrees, and I just remember the tone. I was dropping off my kids, you know, daycare, nursery school, or kindergarten. I don't know what it was. Picking them up, dropping them off. Wife working at the time. I did overnights in Chicago. I hear all these folks calling in with reports on ESPN, uh, ESPN 1000 and the score 670, uh, which I was lucky enough to be on at night. And, oh, my God, it's so awful out here. The weather's terrible. There's no place to eat. They're not ready for the Super Bowl. I wonder if Vegas is going to get that type of treatment. I wonder if the folks out there – We'll get after the people in Las Vegas. My guess is probably not because Vegas has a way to make everyone happy, right? Like that knock on your hotel door later on tonight. Uh, Just saying, we will see what actually does take place. And on top of that, you know, you get things started with San Francisco really miffed about the practice field out on the campus of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Unacceptable. So here we are, the week of the Super Bowl, and all the money that has been spent. You know, they just had what? Was it NASCAR that was out there? It might have been open wheel racing that is out there. We watched the Grammys last night. They showed you you two live from the Spear. You got everything that makes that city just so remarkable. I mean, unlike any place else in the United States of America, but apparently the things that are most important, like being able to practice all week, at least on the side of San Francisco, is unacceptable at this point. The NFL put an Assad field on top of field turf, and it's begun to break apart. So we'll keep you updated on that story. I know that that is uh, something that is certainly um, uh, on your mind, right? And, and you need to know. Then you go to Kansas City, and I think it's a fair point, right? I usually don't get into, oh, you know, personal business that, isn't directly involved with the players or coaches on a team. 
But we find out about Pat Mahomes' dad, his third DUI. And I read a couple of things today that were really intriguing. The lack of the message. Remember Andy Reid's son involved in a major accident a couple of years ago, right before the Super Bowl. A young girl uh, to this day is, is nowhere near 100%. Andy Reid's son, the former outside linebacker coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, is behind bars. So, you know, we preach, and we often say, uh, do as I say, right? And we always are spreading the gospel. We're always coming out saying, do this, do that, do this, don't do that. Well, here's an, an example, you know, directly within that family, Andy Reid to Pat Mahomes. I happen to think Mahomes is so good. I happen to think that Mahomes is such a professional that he's not going to be bothered by this. However, this same media we're talking about, they love these type of stories. You notice the week of the Super Bowl, there's very little talk about the actual game. It's always about the sidebar stories. The greatest example of all was, I don't remember if we were in Seattle or Phoenix or no matter where it was, out on Radio Row during the deflate gate. Tom Brady Super Bowl. That that I, I've never seen anything like it. It's like everyone and every guest. That's all they were do. Uh, all they were doing was talking about you know the the air taken out of the ball and the ounces within a football. And before you know it, the game's here, and you really don't even break it down. So Mahomes has been in this situation before. He's won Super Bowls. He's lost Super Bowls. But I do think for others, this could end up being a distraction just because you're going to be asked about it again and again and again. Even if you have someone like Shannon Sharp who will stand up in front of everyone and say, don't ask Ray Lewis about the murder. Don't ask Ray Lewis about the knife. Don't ask Ray Lewis about homicide right there in Atlanta. He's not going to ask the question. He's not going to answer the question. We all saw it, right? We all saw Shannon Sharp, that is. And you can't control the media. The ego within the media is almost as big, and in some cases as big, as the game, as the players in the game, the coaches in the game. And and they're so sensitive that when you tell them not to do something, it's like a bad two-year-old child. They're going to turn right around and do it anyway. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see what actually does happen uh, with all of this. I I am um, now uh, just shocked. I'm I'm watching here from inside our studio at at Roger Goodell. It looks like he's got Tracy Wolfson up with him. Tracy, of course, longtime sideline reporter uh, with CBS Sports. They will be doing this year's Super Bowl. Tracy on the sideline. Jim Nance will call it with Tony Romo, and Roger Goodell is a commissioner of the NFL. He, he has been sizzled the last couple of years during his State of the NFL address, most prominently by Jim Trotter. In consecutive years, Jim Trotter asked Roger Goodell about the lack of diversity at, uh, at NFL Network, at NFL.com, that entire entity, and he ended up losing his job a few months after he put him on the spot last year at this time, Roger Goodell had no answer to the question. And again, it was in consecutive years. This wasn't the first time he was asked it. He was also asked it the year prior, the identical question. And he didn't have an answer. 
the State of the Union by Roger Goodell, the commissioner of, uh, of the NFL, has always been on a Wednesday. This year, he changed it to a Monday. Now, let's consider the following. For starters, not everyone is there, okay? Many members of the media begin to get in tonight, uh, maybe tomorrow, some tomorrow night. And I know hotels, they're obviously going to gouge you out there and they try to get you for an entire week. But when you are a radio station or a television station or you are right online or whatever it may be, you know, your, your bosses are always trying to uh, bean count if you will, right? Find a way to save a little bit of cash. Can you slice a day off here, slice a day off there, maybe limit the amount of people from your company that are actually going out uh, to the Super Bowl in, in Radio Row. So what does the commissioner of the league do? Instead, he drops his always Wednesday press conference on a Monday, and he makes it invitational only. Be interesting to see if the NFL and NFL Network, if they actually do show the crowd who is in the media as this is actually taking place right now. It's on an invite basis only, which is is absolutely positively totally wrong. If you are credentialed for Radio Row, if you are credentialed to cover all of these events, if you are credentialed to go to the game, You're not credentialed to go to the commissioner's press conference? Think about this for a moment. This guy's making more than $60 million a year, and he's now delegating his authority on who can ask questions and who cannot simply because he was faced, he was burnt in consecutive years. Live on TV. We all saw it. It's really the only thing we remember from his recent uh, press conferences. So um, are we surprised? Yes. Actually, I am. I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you right now that I'm not surprised, that this is just typical greed and that the rich get richer and that the owners love it because Good Al is out there making more and more and more and more money for the 32 NFL owners. And that's simply why he is there. But this guy has said thing the last couple of years, like for instance, we added a 17th game and with everything around CTE, we noticed that concussions actually did drop. By playing more games, we had less concussions, according to Roger Goodell. Remember last year, he was asked about that same question and how the results, the data did say much more as far as CTE. Remember Roger Goodell's answer last year? Doctors. Doctors are so thorough now on their testing, and I'm paraphrasing about a concussion or a minor concussion or whatever, that their advanced testing is why CTE is up. Not because of the injuries on the field. Not because more games. And I'm not trying to ruin the more games. We went from 17, you know, 16 to 17, we went from two buys in the AFC, two buys in the NFC, uh, to only one buy now per conference. Therefore, we have more wild card games during wild card weekend. You love it. I love it. We all love it. As football fans, give us more. But here's the commissioner 
answering a question by saying that doctors have advanced um, technology and, and, and that's why they're understanding and figuring out a better way to actually look for CTE. This is the, the commissioner of the biggest entity in all of entertainment, the NFL, so far ahead of everything else. You can't even compare it to Major League Baseball or the NBA. I guess the NBA has a massive global experience. You know, I was talking about it. My daughter's in Paris. She's over there, started school today. And there's zero football over there. There's soccer. But honestly, over there, the most popular American sport is, without question, uh, the NBA. So the NBA has a little bit of a global feel to it. And David Stern was really... You know, big with that for decades while while he was the commissioner. There's a man right there, David Stern, who answered questions. Whether you liked him or disliked him. Gary Bettman, um, is there a commissioner? And, you know, Rob Manford can enter the fray, right? And, you know, you can go through the years of Bud League, and you can go back to Bart Giamonte and, and everyone else and, 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 and look at the criticism, Peter Huberoth. Right, Peter Rozelle. You can look at, at, at commissioners in the NFL and Major League Baseball forever. There's always been controversy. But everyone I mentioned took on the questions, answered the questions, whether it was nothing more than lip service, whether it was just spinning and directing everything that was thrown their way into some sort of, uh, of canned answer where you never got anything, and there were other times where they gave you flat, brutal truth. Roger Goodell does nothing. This is a scripted, this is wrestling. This is a scripted interview session with hand-picked members of the media to the commissioner of the league that you love and I love. Does it really matter? For a lot of you, probably not. For a lot of you, like, who cares, Baloo? You know, what's the big deal? It doesn't matter, right? I mean, what are you telling me now? The Jaguars are going to have a home and away again in London this year? Sure. You know, the Jaguars looking to play in Germany or the Jaguars looking to... I mean, it was Roger Goodell who recently said, right, how about take a Super Bowl and put that overseas? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a Super Bowl being played in Germany? Can you imagine a Super Bowl being played in London? Roger Goodell said that. Okay, you know, you know what the owners are thinking? Give it to me. That's more money. That's more money for me. That's more money for my ownership group. You don't want it. I don't want. Can you imagine having a a Super Bowl at nine thirty a or whatever it is? That's when the Jags played back to back games. I guess that was one o'clock over there, nine thirty our time. I understand the Super Bowl was pushed back another five or six hours, but uh, there you have it. I looked all day. They didn't even announce what time this would start. Apparently, it has started at 6 o'clock. I, I got to imagine there's going to be a lot of juicy stuff coming out of this. Once we have answers, we will, in fact, share them with you over the next couple of hours. All right, we're going to be real busy here tonight. No doubt about it. It's another week. Looking forward to it. It is Super Bowl week. And, you know, I, I, I find myself right now leaning towards Kansas City. I, I, I have to take the experience here. I have to take the fact that the Chiefs have been here. I also have to look directly at two guys. Who are you going to take? Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy? It's as simple as that, right? 
And Purdy's a manager, Cam Newton ripping him. Last week he said he's the 10th best player on the team. Seems like people want to find a way uh, to pick on Brock Purdy, who was the last player selected in the draft just a couple of years ago. That's the other side of all this that, that frankly, I do not think is getting enough attention. We're 80 days away from the NFL draft. We're 10 minutes away from bringing on another guest in Dustin Adams, who uh, covers the NFL draft for A to Z Sports. He was in Mobile all week for the Senior Bowl. And our conversations about trying to make the team that you cover better. In my mind, it's all about the offensive line for the Jaguars. And obviously, three years ago, they used their top overall pick to get a quarterback in, tra- in, uh, in Trevor Lawrence. But what is it going to say about this league? If you look at the mock drafts that are out this year, whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's Drake May, or, or anyone else, we know that quarterbacks always end up exploding at the end. And, and they move up the draft and, you know, maybe the best example of that was a few years ago was Baker Mayfield. And during his final year at Oklahoma, he wasn't even mentioned in the first round of a mock draft. And then all of a sudden, you know, he just shot up and ended up being the top pick overall. But what is this going to say about this game and all of the work, all of the effort, the, the, the science that goes into it, the mathematics and the analytics that go into it? When you can basically take a throwaway pick, a compensatory seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, and he wins a Super Bowl this early in his career, that's absolutely bizarre, and it could happen. I'm leaning towards Mahomes. I, I think the best player in the game will rise to the challenge against this great San Francisco defense. But, of course, we have all week to talk about that, and uh, it's going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. All right, it's great to have things uh, with us uh, right here. Another big week here. Um, You know, there's so much I want to get into, and we're going to do that over the next couple of hours. I have some college football coming up in a little bit. I have some golf coming up in a little bit. Certainly have much more on the Jaguars coming up in just a couple of minutes. As I said, our guest will join us after the Senior Bowl, which was played on Saturday. Do you want to tell you that opening comments are brought to you by Schmunez Vision? Uh, once again, um, depending on how you look at it, the, the whole process in and around your eyes is, is like everything else. It, it can be a racket if you don't trust who you're going to, right? They're going to tell you they brought in some new advanced equipment, and this is the best thing right now uh, that you can possibly have, and it's going to cost you twice as much, but it really does work. And you and I have been conditioned that if it costs more, it must be better, right? For the most part, yeah, but not when it comes to your eyes. Instead, you need to go to a practice that you can trust. Schmunez vision. Getting your eyes checked is one thing, no doubt. What about medical surgical eye care? I had eye surgery on my right eye eight and a half years ago. Maybe you have an issue right now with your cornea or you have, um, you know, spotting in your eyes, uh, blood, bloodshot eyes. I don't know. It could be anything. And you're concerned about it. Maybe you think it's a cataract scenario where you need surgery. You may. If so, they are it. They also may have a simple remedy for you that is not surgery. It's so much that they can provide. So I want you to check them out online. Just go to Schmunez Vision. 
That is Schmunez Vision and get everything from those great folks located out at the beach. That is Schmunez Vision. Plenty to do right here on a Monday alongside J.J. LaSelva. My name is Rick Ballou. We call this Into the Night. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. All right, Dustin Adams is good enough to join us because I know he wants to be piped in uh, to Roger Goodell, getting all the tough questions asked to him today by his hand-picked media in Las Vegas. So I know we'll have a ton on that, but uh, we do want to bring in Dustin Adams. He does cover the Colts, also does great draft work as an NFL draft analyst from A to Z Sports, and he goes into the night with Rick Ballou. Good to see that you've made it back from Mobile, Alabama. How you doing, Dustin? Doing good, doing good. Loved being able to sleep in my own bed the last couple of nights. And can't believe I wasn't on Roger Goodell's selected list to ask some of these scripted questions. Yeah, it's uh, it's a disappointment. There's no question about it. Um, but anyway, that that's that. You, you got a much better, I thought, uh, assignment. The Senior Bowl was outstanding. And what an offensive line class. A lot of people think that that this may be the you know the best offensive tackle class that we've seen in a number of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, so many day one starters. I mean, and we got to see a lot of them down at the Senior Bowl. Um, I, I think some people thought because there wasn't those those two blue chip guys down in Mobile and Joe Alt and Olu um, that this class wasn't going to be as fun to watch. But I, I think we got to see three to four, maybe five other tackles really make their case to be first round guys just down in Mobile alone. You uh, obviously, with your uh, analyst work as a draft, you're familiar with all 32 teams, but you also have a pretty good feel as to what's going on here in Duval, as you also do cover directly the Indianapolis Colts. All right, I am under the uh, opinion that this team is not going to take the next step unless they significantly improve the offensive line. Let's get the Jackson Powers Johnson, a center out of Oregon. He's my pick now, 80 days out. I know he was slow with a hamstring and also had some work in at guard. Give us your thoughts on him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, those first two days were dominant from him to where it made it to where that hamstring injury that kind of limited his work on that third day. Um, I don't think it even mattered NFL team-wise. Um, anybody that had drawn the Jackson Powers um, assignment in practice, they, they were uh, licking their wounds afterwards because Powers was bringing it um, all week long. I think he cemented his stake as the number one center in this class, probably the only center that's going to hear his name called on day one. Um, Jacksonville is definitely a spot to watch there at 17. Um, I, I love some of these corner fits for Jacksonville as well, though, i got to say. All right. Uh, well, I, I want to stay with the offensive line, but let's mm-hmm. let's get to that now because I've you know I read every mock and I see corners, I see wide receivers, I see pass rush ends. Uh, give us your thoughts. Where do you see them going? Yeah. So I actually have a mock draft that will either be going out this evening or early tomorrow morning, um, and I'll give you the sneak peek. I have them taking Cooper DeJean out of Iowa. Um, I think Dijon is a little bit unique as a corner because he's played both safety spots, has played in the nickel, can play on the outside. And I think Jacksonville has so many needs in the secondary that a guy like Cooper Dijon can come in, battle in training camp day one at so many different spots that it allows them some flexibility there. I will say that Jackson Powers Johnson goes one pick before them in my mock, so he wasn't available for me to select there. 
Okay, so you had him at 16, and yeah, that I that did. was interesting. As you know, not always as a a center, if not certainly a guard, uh, a guy that would go that high in the first round. But I'm you know looking around, I think there's six or seven uh, centers in the league right now that that did go in the first round, and and that included you know Baltimore and Kansas City when they played a couple of Sundays ago. Uh, two first-round centers there. All right, a little bit more on Cooper DeJean. I, interesting because, you know, Darius Williams had a really good year, but he could be a cap casualty depending on what Trent Baalke is going to do. He's also in the final year of his contract. And on the other side, um, you know, you look at Tyson Campbell, who didn't have as good of a 2023 season as he did in 2022. He is also in the final year of his contract. So so back to uh, Cooper DeJean, what really stands out for him as far as you're concerned? Yeah, I mean, I really love that flexibility, like I said. I love that he can come in day one, can play in the nickel of the slot, which I think could help a team like Jacksonville. But he also has the ability to drop back, beat a single high safety. Um, I think he can play in the box and he can tackle well. I don't think you always see rookie corners that can tackle well. Um, So that being a strength of his early on, I think is going to be able to get him on an NFL field earlier rather than later. Um, And I think just getting impactful players on the secondary is something that Jacksonville is going to have to circle this offseason. So Cooper DeJean has been one of my favorites to mock there just because I think he can almost check multiple boxes um, in one pick for the Jaguars. Talking with Destin Adams, he was at the uh, the Senior Bowl all last week in Mobile, Alabama. You can get everything from him. Uh, Go to A to Z Sports. He is an NFL draft analyst okay uh, not first round guys and and obviously Jacksonville is going to have to figure out do you give Calvin Wrigley a long-term deal if so you lose a second round pick to Atlanta if you just allow him to leave via free agency it's going to cost them a third round pick Uh, we're aware of that but a couple of other guys that if it's not Jackson Powers Johnson who could go to Jacksonville at center, but not in the first round. UConn's Christian uh, Christian Haynes. What did you see there? And also out of Alabama, Cedric Van Prant. Yeah, I mean, Hayes had a really solid week. He got named guard um, for the best guard of the week for his team even. Um, I think he is not as being as dominant as a guy like Jackson Powers, but I think he stacked good days to the point where he really turned heads because he just didn't have any negative performances. Um, Looking at some other interior guys that they could look at. I mean, Dominic Puny um, out of Kansas. I think he's a guy that can kind of play a little bit of everywhere. He can play both tackle spots. He can play both guard spots. He had a really dominant week as well. Um, and then center-wise, he wasn't at the senior bowl, but I've heard a lot of NFL teams like Zach Frazier, and he's the guy that I'm kind of circling that's probably going to be the second center selected. Um, so that's definitely a guy to watch if Jacksonville bypasses um, – center in the first heard a lot about smaller wide receivers you know slot guys Lod McConkey uh you know comes to mind and uh uh you know others as well Jacksonville has a couple of guys they're going to restructure Christian Kirk and they they uh, obviously um you know they they do have some youth there uh with Washington but what about a big bodied wide receiver Calvin Ridley's not a big body he's only 6'1 but if they let go of him the thinking is Trevor Lawrence needs, you know, a guy with some size, 6'3", 6'4". Did you see any big wide receivers in Mobile? Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't miss Johnny Wilson out of Florida State. Uh, big, big body. I think he may switch to tight end um, when it comes to actually listening to 
NFL decision makers and seeing that that probably will be better for his stock. Um, when looking at mobile big bodies, um, Devontae Walker didn't have a great week. He had a lot of drops. He measured in about six, two and a half. So just under six, three, but NFL decision makers that I talked to in mobile, love his size, love his speed. He was still creating a bunch of separation for his size at mobile, um, struggled with some drops, um, all week long, really, even in the game, you saw it. Um, I think teams are going to hope that that was a one-time thing. He only had three drops all of last season at North Carolina. So I don't think that's as big of an issue as that we saw in Mobile. And I think teams are going to be higher on him than someone like me who had to watch him struggle all week. Not interesting stuff. Hey, uh, Destin, every year quarterbacks rise. And I know Penix took himself out before the game. Uh, Bo Nix did play. When you're a team like Jacksonville and, and you have a quarterback, you'd like to see as many QBs go in the first 16 slots so you can get the best quote-unquote positional player on the board. Uh, with that said, what's your estimate right now? I mean, obviously May and Caleb, but how many quarterbacks do you think go in the first 16 picks? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the question that was being asked the most um, at networking events in Mobile. Um the first question is how many quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. And the second question was, is quarterback four down here in mobile right now? Um, for the first question, um, if, if someone put the over under at four and a half quarterbacks in the first round, I would take the under. Uh, I think four is that magic number that we probably see. Um, I think three is probably what we see before the Jacksonville Jaguars will pick. Um, will Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake Bay being those three. Um, and then the name I kept hearing is that fourth option that teams are a little bit higher on than some people online is Michigan's J.J. McCarthy. Uh, I think there's a few different teams at that latter end of the first round that could be looking to add him and let him sit behind a veteran for a year or two and develop being a younger quarterback as he is. Um, so I think four quarterbacks is probably my best guess right now for how many we hear in the first round. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, as as uh, we say goodbye, uh, I know you had your ear to the wall. Any, anything juicy coming out of the ASC South that you picked up last week? Uh, no, nothing crazy. Um, I mean, the, Col the Colts, obviously, their entire brass was there um, a year removed from hiring Shane Steichen, so it was good to see that entire staff in Mobile this year after having to miss it last year. Um, I, I saw decision makers for all four teams in the AFC South there, um, and all four teams have a pretty solid history of drafting senior bowl guys. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how many of these guys end up in the AFC South next year. Um, nothing super juicy that I can share, really. I mean, the, the big talk was, are the Bears going to trade that number one pick all week long? That was what everyone was talking about. And from my understanding, I think most people around the league are just starting to believe that the Bears are going to stand pat and they're going to select a quarterback and probably move Justin Fields elsewhere. Mm. All right. That'll be a lot of fun. You can get everything from Destin Adams. Just go to Twitter, and he is at the Destin. That's D-E-S-T-I-N, like right down the road here on the Panhandle, uh, right around Panama City and Fort Walton Beach, beautiful Destin Beach. So at the Destin Adams, you can get it all from him appreciate the time Destin we'll do it again thank you anytime man thanks for having me there he goes does a nice job I enjoyed his reports this past week from Mobile NFL draft analyst for A to Z sports good stuff there um the latest mock draft one that came out today uh, this is from Lance Zerling who's based out of Houston 
it's uh, it's crazy, right? Chicago at one, Caleb Williams. Washington at two, Jaden Daniels. New England at three, Marvin Harrison Jr. Arizona at four, going with a wide receiver. And uh, Adunze out of UW. Drake May goes fifth to Atlanta. So the first five picks are all offensive picks, and three of them are quarterbacks. The sixth pick is with the New York Giants. That, that, that's the talented uh, tackle out of Oregon State. I think it's Fuaga is how you pronounce his name. Could be wrong. Number seven, Tennessee, Joe Alt. So your top seven players are offensive. The first defensive player goes to the Los Angeles Chargers, and this is a um, – says here, a trade with Atlanta, uh, Terry and Arnold is who they have. So that's the first defensive player off the board. This is crazy, man. And then you have the Bears at nine, Malik Neighbors out of LSU. And then number 10, New York, J.C. Latham uh, on offensive lineman out of Bama. Nine of your top 10 picks in this year's draft are offensive picks. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, Verse goes 11th to the Vikings out of Florida State. Back to the quarterback and J.J. McCarthy to Denver at 12. So that's your fourth quarterback in the top 12. Uh, Let's see a couple of others. Brock Bowers goes a pick ahead or two picks ahead of Jacksonville. He goes 15th overall to Indianapolis. And then the Jaguars here dropping a corner, uh, getting the Quinion Mitchell youngster out of Toledo. All right, so not going to a – a power five school. Let's see here. He's six foot one ninety six, and we'll have all the measurables on him later this month once the NFL Combine does officially get underway. So there's a couple of corners. This one in that that came in today from um, uh, who did I say? What well, Lance Zerling and uh, our last guest has Cooper DeJean. Let's see where he is here on the first round. Let's take a quick l- uh, look at this before we get to. Our first, or make that our second break of the program. I don't see him here in the first round. The guy that I like, Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon, they have him going 27th overall to Arizona. And uh, nope, not in the first round here. But certainly there's a ton of mock drafts uh, that are out there. So, yeah, corner in the first round. I don't love it. As a matter of fact, I'm directly opposed to it. But you have to address offensive line. Whether you're going to do that by restructuring some deals? I mean, depending on who you talk to. I heard Mike DiRocco earlier today. He thinks Cam returns. You know, they're going to do something with uh, Brandon Sheriff. To me, you're just piling on more dead cap money uh, in the future. You know, is Anton going from the right to the left? Uh, is Luke Fortner going to get any stronger at center? Uh, are they going to bring back Ezra Cleveland? Do they, you know, believe they can get something out of a guy like Cooper Hodges, who basically had a red shirt season on injured reserve? He was a seventh round draft pick. Right? Others are saying, "Hey, Blue Brock Purdy was a seventh round draft pick." That that's what makes this thing so, you know, just so incredible. And the Jags, it's going to be a blast. It is every decision they make is uh, is is going to be very intriguing. Uh, to witness and to look at whether you agree with the moves or disagree. All right, tonight's show brought to you by Patriot Roofing Services, specializing in all types of commercial and residential roofing and repairs, gutters, sun tubes, skylights, 10-year workmanship warranty. Just give my buddy Mark Tozzolo 
a call. 982-4052. Man, we had some crazy wins over the weekend, right? Some, uh, like a tornado warning and what have you. So you got to make sure your business or your home, everything is set with your roof, whether you need a new roof or you just need roofing repairs. And and you'll deal strictly with Mark at Patriot Roofing Services. No subcontractors, licensed and insured, financing available. Again, check them out online. Go to Patriot Roofing. And whether it's your home or business, go to Patriot Roofing. Roofing. All right, when we come back, let's check in with our buddy J.J. LaSalva. Let's give you the very latest as to what is coming out of Las Vegas as Roger Goodell gives us his state of the NFL address. Yeah, it's moved up. It's typically on Wednesday. Instead, he's doing it right here on a Monday. So we'll have some uh, thoughts on that. And as always, if you want to get involved with the show, the best way to do it is on our text line which is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. That number is 641-1010. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Roger Goodell continues with his uh, press conference. Remember years ago at the Super Bowl, they used to... uh, when it was Paul Tagliabue, he used to have big parties after the Super Bowl. Remember the first one I went to was in uh, was in New Orleans, 1996. That was the Packers over the Patriots, and it was uh, pretty incredible. I don't, I don't know if Roger Goodell uh, does that. And uh, out there in New Orleans, that outstanding food, that's where I went last night because you know what February is at the Blue Crab Crab House? Mardi Gras month. Man, the gumbo is absolutely insane. Outstanding food up there last night. Just had a blast. So they do rest on this Monday. Uh, They'll be back after it tomorrow and throughout the remainder of the week. Make sure you check out the brand new Mardi Gras uh, menu. And it's it's not a brand new one. It's it's something that they've done in, in their 27 years there. But they just keep adding on to the menu during Mardi Gras month. And that'll be going on the entire month of February. Again, right off of uh, San Jose. It's on Julington Creek Road. Liz, uh, visit the good folks at the Blue Crab Crab House. J.J. LaSalva is here. Hello. The weather outside would tell us the Jaguars lost yesterday. Yeah, it's... I wouldn't say it's, like, terrible because it's not raining, but the sun wasn't out. and But I thought it was a great weekend. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, Sunday kind of sucked. Early Sunday, but Saturday was amazing. Went to the beach, had drinks. It was just a great weekend. People love to complain football's not here or whatever. There was some great sports on as well. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the golf got rained out Sunday, and they were going to try to continue it today out at Pebble. Uh, That didn't work. I guess all of California, and it's even gone through Nevada now, seeing all those pictures today in Las Vegas yeah, where they so get almost no rain. The grass that they're using for the game is outside right now, and they've had to cover that with tarp. That's the update on turf, on the turf situation in Las Vegas for you guys. Trying to keep the listeners updated as to what's going on with Roger Goodell and I got his a couple of things. That, well, how about uh, this game in Brazil? I was about to say, on a yeah. Friday night? So they announced opening weekend, which I'm assuming they're still the Thursday game, you know, where 
it's usually like the team that won the Super Bowl or something like that opens on a Thursday night. This year we'll also have a Friday night game, which I'm sure high school football Ugh. lovers all over America will love. Um, once again, the NFL just taking every day of the week. Uh, they will have an NFL game Friday night this year in Brazil mm-hmm. with the Eagles, and it looks like it's going to be the Eagles potentially playing the Browns or the Steelers. That's not official, but word on the street, on these Twitter streets, is that it's going to be one of those teams. All right, I've heard the Browns and I've heard the Bears. As, okay, I've heard as, the Steelers and the Browns. Well, no, I've heard the Browns and the Bears as a possibility – if Jacksonville does another home away, if they stay in London for two weeks, that, that oh, those are those are two teams that I've heard mentioned that Jacksonville would face on the road. You know, they're going to play at Wembley. Then they, I don't even know where the other, I forget where it is, but Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, there you maybe. go. Thank you. That that if that would that could be one of their opponents. So if that is the case here now with Cleveland. Uh, going to Brazil, then I think that would eliminate them as any possibility of uh, of that game being played in in London. But right, they don't make a team go twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also asked about the refs. Um, I don't. I could play it. It's about sixty seconds. You want to hear his answer on? Officiating. Let me think. Is is is, 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 is Roger Goodell worth sixty <laughs> seconds of our? We show? can turn it off whenever you want. Of course so. he is. Let's All hear right. from our commissioner, Roger Goodell. Oh, wow. The sound is, like, super far down. Sorry about that. All right, never mind if we can't get it. I kind of like this. Awful announcing. Ironically, they're All, it came from like a, doing right. awful. But he said, um, we have some of the... First of all, they asked about Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Of course they did, um, because they can't help themselves. He said she's brought a lot to the game, da-da-da. Uh, on NFL officiating, he said, the level of scrutiny is at the highest I've ever seen it. I think our officials do a great job. I agree with one of those statements. Um, Stop it, Roger. He said they're superior, but at the end of the day, no one's perfect. We have to continue to try to get better, use technology where we can. A couple of things. Number one, Taylor Swift is awesome. I don't even know one song she sings, okay? I'm not into that, but you see her last night at the Grammys? I did She's up singing every song. She knows every word of every song. She she's like an artist's best friend. I mean, she's won thirteen Grammys now, whatever. But to to have her up singing your song, I would think it'd be quite an honor. She's very likable. Exactly. Like to the everyman, to just like the random guy like me. I also couldn't name one Taylor Swift song, but I I found all the hate to be odd and yeah. misplaced. Yeah, I, I you know, listen, I love to I love to get on people. I love to complain. Me too. I'm a hater, um, naturally. But I, I don't get it with her. She's a likable human being. She seems to promote others and seems very, very friendly. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand it. I, I honestly I think do it's not. maybe one of those, you know, when you love a song, I'm not even saying you have to have love Taylor Swift, but when a song is played so much on the radio, you get tired of it, you start to hate it. I think it's just overexposure. Yeah. We've been overexposed to Taylor Swift. I also think the same has happened to Patrick Mahomes. I've found that, and I'm, I, w- I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this, but I am, over the last month or a few weeks since the playoffs started, the hate that I hear from 
just regular casual sports fans towards Patrick Mahomes. And I, just for no other reason than that he wins all the time. Yeah. Well, he's made it. And it's sort of like, dang, I, he's at that Brady level. He's made, he's at the Brady level. He's at the LeBron level. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, people dislike him because he is so successful and they're tired of him. They're tired of the Chiefs. Now, his wife, in my opinion, I mean, there's a lot of hate towards his wife, but his wife comes across as annoying. His wife comes across as... From the internet clips, yes. Yes, totally opposite of Taylor Swift. But I'll defend her always because she has been with Mahomes since he was, like, in middle school. Oh, I know. I'm aware, yeah. So she's, like, a day one, you know? Like, she's been down. And so I love that kind of stuff. But if you watch, which I only watched, like, one episode of that uh, quarterback documentary that they had on Netflix... It wasn't for us, like hardcore sports fan. It was you could tell it was for the more casual. So I watched an episode, and it she came across normal as hell. I mean, I the screaming in the press box, yes, very annoying, jarring, you could say. But mm. yeah, she seemed fine. Honestly, both of them are like very down to earth, just regular Americans. Um, the other part of all of this is. It's time, okay? Every time that I get into the officiating, it's time. Pay these officials more and forget just one pool reporter after a game. Uh, Allow them to be asked questions. Now, if you're scared that non-credible people are going to go in there and fire off this, fire off that, get in their face, then... Don't allow them in there or or threaten to strip them of their credential. But you should they're the they're the only thing in sports outside of, I guess, Roger Goodell, who's helped, you know, handpicked his uh, his media members here. The players get crushed, the coaches get crushed, the general managers get crushed. Some speak more than others. Jackson was actually really transparent outside of Trent Balky, who, you know, we did see speak. What a week and a half ago, it took him forever to to finally come forward, and you saw he got himself in a little bit of hot water by that whole Josh Allen deal. Again, if he had come out the week after the loss, the week after they didn't make the playoffs, and brought up that Josh Allen story at that point, at that time, it wouldn't have registered. It wouldn't have moved the needle at all because it would have been so soon after the season. But you let eighteen days go by, and it changes. My point is, is everyone is accountable for their actions and their decisions, except for these officials. They are so protected. And I I just don't understand it. Why do they remain so protected? I, you know, I'll never forget the story. I know I've told you this before. We get ahead to a break. But when I was a sideline reporter, I don't know, what was it, five, six years ago, when, uh, when Foles threw the touchdown pass and was landed on, I think it was Frank Clark who landed on him, and at halftime, I didn't know. I could not ask the referee a question. Well, he walked off the field into the tunnel, and I, and, and I asked the ref. I said, why didn't you call a 15-yard personal foul? They, they just had come up with this rule about putting your entire body of weight on a quarterback. Remember when that came in? And I, I thought that that hit on Nick Foles, there was no let-up 
as far as the buy. And, and, and he said, I'm not going to answer that question. And sure enough, it was like Monday morning and I got a call and I was, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not going to say I was reprimanded for it, but I was told, you're not allowed to do that. I'm like, I'm not allowed to ask the referee. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not allowed to ask. One pool reporter, if they feel it's necessary, gets assigned that responsibility after a game. Regardless of what happens in Super Bowl 58, there may be 2,000 members of the media there. One member will be the pool reporter who has to go in and ask these questions to the head official, and that's that. Only one. And... I mean, think about that. Think about the way your head works, my head works, everyone where everyone has different questions. Everyone wants answers to different questions. You can't put it all on just one person to come up with everything that they believe the uh, the public you want an answer to. So I'd, I'd love to see that change in every sport, frankly. Make them more accountable. They're just not. And you get the same thing. Oh, they're doing the best job they ever. They're not doing the best job. They make mistakes all the time. We talk about it. Unfortunately, I hate talking about officials. It comes up all the time. All right, let's get ready for our second hour. If you want to jump in, you can. Best way to do it is on our text line. That number six four one ten ten. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Super Bowl week right here on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Big game coming up on Sunday, Kansas City and San Francisco. San Francisco favored. They've been favored in every game this year, and they're somewhere in the neighborhood of one and a half, two points, uh, depending on where you shop. Uh, 92.47 says, Baloo, Taylor Swift ignored uh, Celine Dion when she gave her the Grammy. And I said last night, and the response was, yeah, they showed on Inside Edition. She got flack for it. I missed it. I'll investigate. I thought it was Mariah Carey. I saw Mariah Carey last night. I didn't see mm. Celine Dion. Not yeah, Celine it was Celine. Celine, uh, hmm. She didn't really acknowledge her, I guess, but she was, like, going around hugging a bunch of people on stage. Uh-oh. And Celine, like, handed her the award. I don't know what she expected this see all this stuff is just yeah. internet speculation. Yeah. But uh yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna roll on the side of she was celebrating with everyone else on stage that she knew. She probably doesn't know Celine very well, so tell you what um bothered me last night. Did you watch any of it? No. Yeah. I, I typically don't. We got back from the blue crab crab house and it was on. And I watched it for a while until I switched over. Um, the Jodie Foster True Detective. I did watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, which okay. also was on HBO last night. But yes, the um, the True Detective uh, based in Alaska. I heard it's a very strange season. It, you can't multitask. Yeah, you need to give it your well, undivided attention because it's yeah, and I don't even know what it is. Is it paranormal? Is it science? It, it, it take yeah, it's taking a turn that. But but I'm just mesmerized because it's a couple of days before Christmas and and it's in it's in uh, Alaska during the time of the year where there's no light at all. Right, it's, all it's, day. Yeah, it's dark 24 hours a day, and night. And anyway, I've 
I've enjoyed is I watched a little bit of the Grammys and 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 I'm like the biggest part of it was Tracy Chapman and uh, that Luke Combs dude. It's a cover. It like times time stopped. It was like oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever. And she came out and it was kind of cool, but I'm like it's a cover. And then they celebrate the lives of those that we have lost, and they do this huge. Las Vegas type show on Tina Turner, and they go to Proud Mary, which was a song written by John Fogarty. And I, I know that Tina sang it back in the day, but Tina had so many songs, especially in her comeback in like the eighties, that are her songs. Right? Why? What? Why would you? So, like, most of the night was based on covers. Well, Tracy Chapman, that's her song. I got it. Right, but, but Luke yes, Combs, yes. Luke Combs brought it back. He, yeah, I, I'm, I didn't realize that it's like famous again. Mm-hmm. My girl had to tell me that recently. That like, oh yeah, he brought it back. I didn't Bro, know. You got to get anywhere. up on the country. What's I, wrong with I you? Mean, I mean, I'm all over country. That song originally. You oh know? yeah, I have no problem with the song. But um, yeah. So I guess they did it together, which reminds me of. Remember when uh, Eminem and didn't Eminem like cover or he used an Elton John song for one of his songs and they ended up performing together on stage? That was like a huge thing. That was like 20 years ago. That was probably the last time I heard anything from the Grammys. Yeah. Will um... Smith didn't slap anyone. (laughs) No. No, no, no. Unfortunately, I, I you know, it, it, it's the proud Mary, and I love proud Mary. You know, I it, it's it, it was an original Credence song. Uh, it's 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 very telling, but I'm like, this is Tina Turner, man. I I needed her up there. I needed someone up there telling me that I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. I'll do what you want me to do, right? I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. Any old music will do. That's what I needed. I needed original Tina Turner, not Proud Mary. I mean, and again, Proud Mary, CCR came out with it in like 69. So that would have meant that Tina Turner and her ex-husband, I'm guessing that would have been relevant in 1970, 1971, something along those lines. But uh, anyway, that is what did take place last night at uh, at the Grammys. Uh, Fast Cars by Tracy Chapman was the first song I learned on acoustic guitar. Legendary song. Yeah, very good song. And I guess she doesn't make a lot of appearances. I guess that was kind of the shock value of the night. They they kept they kept pimping Joni Mitchell. Like, coming up is Joni Mitchell. And I'm like, this is great. She's going to sing both sides now, right? Uh, how the clouds got in the way and, and uh, how she still doesn't know love. And as it turns out, she still doesn't know life. Uh, after all, and they just kept passing by. I mean, it was like some a new act would be up, and then another. Anyway, coming up is Joni Mitchell. I don't know if they ever got the Joni Mitchell. I don't know if they ever got the Billy Joel. It's like he wrote his first song in 17 years, and I, because again, I switched over to the uh, to the True Detective, which in itself is getting kind of crazy. Let me be crystal clear about this. I want Doug Peterson to survive. I want the Jaguars to survive. But Mike Vrabel being out there is very, very tempting. I think Mike Vrabel 
the whole Belichick thing we've kind of been through. He's 72. He'll be 73. Belichick, you would think, would have an opportunity to pick his job. He's going to go someplace where he has a great quarterback. I happen to believe that Belichick just isn't going to stick around for the 15 wins. I think his ego is put him in a place where he believes he can win a Super Bowl and obviously win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. I mean, you look at the hot seat. Jacksonville is going to be on it. Doug Peterson is going to be on it. But you're going to have Dallas. You're going to have Buffalo. You're going to have Philadelphia. Um, who knows about I, I read a story yesterday. What if Andy Reid retired? Would they go to Eric Bieniemy, who was let go today in D.C.? Could it be Bill Belichick in Kansas City? Could it be Mike Vrabel in Kansas City? I, again, don't want Doug Peterson to go anywhere. I want this thing to work. But if it does implode, just think about that one for a second. Mike Vrabel is going to not be out for a long time. He is certainly going to come back in the, uh, in the very near future. I didn't uh, pay attention really at all uh, to, the, uh, to the Pro Bowl. Did you check in on that over the weekend at all? Uh, no, I yeah, didn't. Neither did I. I know they did a lot of skill events and, you know, tug of war and dodgeball and a bunch of games, and, and, and that's fine. It's just really not my, um, not mine, uh, anything that I'm interested in. I, I did pay a little bit of attention to what was going on in the NHL with their skill competition, and Connor McDavid is an absolute freak. There's no other way to say it. There's really no other way to say it. I mean, a big body freak. Connor McDavid. I think when this thing is all said and done, he's got a chance to enter Wayne Gretzky, Gordie Howe, Bobby Orr, Mario Lemieux territory. I want to put Alex Ovechkin in there, but to me, Ovechkin's a little bit like a Phil Esposito. You know, a guy who just scored a ton of goals, didn't really have a lot of assists. Uh, I think, you know, both Hulls. Uh, deserves some recognition, right? Rocket Rashara. But now I'm getting down a little bit. I'm talking about Mont Rushmore. Yager on there. Sidney Crosby. And Tr- Connor McDavid. Look at it. Look at what he's doing. And he's buried. He's out in camp. He's buried. Yeah, I mean, imagine if he played in New York. Imagine if he played in a true American NHL city. I'm not trying to take anything away from from playing out where the game was invented in Canada. But imagine if he was in Hockey Town. Imagine if he was playing in Detroit. Or imagine if he was in Chicago or Boston or one of the original six, the New York Rangers. Uh, the attention on him would be just nothing short of amazing. But just to see how he can skate at that size, well, it's just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, truly one of the greatest athletes in the world and, and certainly the best hockey player. Uh, right now in the world. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Some people give me definitions of uh, Luke Combs, Tracy Chapman. I, I don't know if I want to go there. Luke Combs is something in the air tonight. So he does, uh, so Luke Combs does something but covers? Does he write any of his original music? I mean, is he like the modern day Joe Cocker? You know what I mean? Joe Cocker was like a strung out, drugged up lounge singer. And all he did was steal, and oh my goodness, you know, Joe Cocker, 
With a little you help know? from my friends. I, uh, she came in through the bathroom window. Yeah, it's like it, 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 he's in a smoky lounge, and everyone loved him. Did, he, did Joe Cock, even, uh, what was it, um, Officer and a Gentleman? Love, leave, you love, where we belong. You know, it's like the guy wrote nothing. But somehow he had the, the vocal cords that you wanted representing him. Is that Luke Combs? I don't think about Luke Combs. But I, I guess he's big. On oh, these he's, covers. He's huge. Oh, I don't know about that. I just know he's massive right now. Somebody did. Uh, I was sort of right. Elton John surprisingly showed up and sang Dido's chorus on the song Stan. Love that song. It was in the midst of, uh, I remember Eminem was getting flack for using gay slurs and stuff like that. So Elton John was like, hey, we're performing together. Everything's cool. So Elton drowned that out then. I don't even yeah, remember the Elton story. Yeah, got him uncanceled. Okay. Eminem doesn't care. You see him giving the bird to the- <laughs> No, this was a very, very long time I'm ago. I'm talking about He's, last week when really they had the lead. He didn't care back then. Uh, against San Francisco, though? He was like in his private booth with the double birds, yeah, all those San Francisco fans? Yeah, he's super cringy, man, at this point. It's like- He's like 50-something years old. Is he really that he's old? He's got to be, right? God, I don't know. I don't know. He's 51. He was never really my thing, uh, Eminem. Not but, your generation, for sure. But some, uh, you know, some of that stuff he put out, a lot of people really enjoyed. Well, yeah, his first few albums to me were amazing. Um, I have a quote here from Roger Goodell We on diversity. <laughs> quote, we still have a lot of work to do. I saw that. We're not satisfied. So this year he handpicked the media members so no one would come out and ask him directly about why there is no uh, African-Americans at NFL Network or NFL.com, or at least a, a large gap. And uh, the reporter who asked that question in consecutive years, uh, Jim Trotter, is no longer employed by NFL media. But the good news is I taped this. I'm, I'm going to be able to go home tonight and snuggle up and, uh, and watch this great press conference. Wow. Now that, that's something you really got to look forward to if, if you're a girl. Text her, hey, baby, I'm coming home. Pour yeah. me a glass of wine. We're going to put on the Goodell tape. Yeah, it's like it's like Neil Young on Love of the Rocks. <laughs> you know, pour me a drink and I'll tell you some lies. It's a that's, pan- panty dropper, that, bro. That's, that's, that's Roger Goodell. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come home and that's exactly what it is. The propaganda king himself. Pour me some drinks and I'll tell you some lies. Let's listen to the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. I have that to look forward to. Uh, when I get home. He tonight. did say something that I like. Um, they asked like about streaming and we had a playoff game that was only streaming exclusively on Peacock a couple weeks ago. So he was asked about like the potential of a Super Bowl being exclusive to a streaming site. And he did say it'll certainly not happen in his tenure. That's a stand. Because we know he's got a lifetime deal, so right. that's at least 30 more years. Roger Goodell, latest there. I also think that's a stupid thing to say, like to make a stand like that, unless you're just planning on only being there for a few more years. Like you don't know what the landscape of television is going to be in 10 years. I could easily see in 10 years no one even having TV. You know, like it all be streaming. But so the Lord has spoken. So no just nothing at all as far as television. No, he's saying 
Yeah, I think every like we'll have NBC, we'll have all the same channels, but I think it'll all just be streaming. Or it you know could be I'm something saying? even more advanced that we haven't even exactly. done the figure out yet. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos this weekend from the new Apple VR device that like people put over their heads and how they're watching like NBA League Pass and the NFL with like this device over their head. Dude, it's badass like i would never wear those goggles but the second they make it so you don't have to i don't know if the technology is even close to that but man it's a game changer you're just like with your fingers you're moving your screen to the left to the right you're making it bigger you're bringing in another game you know you're watching two games at once you're looking at stats it's it's like having your phone or a laptop up but without having your laptop or your phone up being all clunky with wires and everything it's Man, I everybody needs to go check those videos out. The future is awesome for sports watching. Remember when we remember when the internet came in, you had to wait for it to boot. <laughs> you'd have that bottom bottom right you know, the bottom right blotter, you'd you watch it like increase and uh it, it would buffer and get stuck. I don't even think we had the word buffer back then. I think <laughs> that, that kinda came that's kinda like new language, uh you know, technically speaking. But yeah, I, it's it's just I I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in ten years, twenty years, thirty years. Right. I mean, it's it, are we going to get to the point where sooner or later in life we literally have individual flying machines as opposed to driving cars that we're actually in like tiny little, um, you know, like the one or two seater jets. That all of a sudden they're going to be, uh, and, and just think about what that'll be like. I, I, who knows what's going to happen? May the, sound crazy to people, but you know the yeah. reason I don't think that is because my dad was thinking the exact same thing when he was my age, you know, and that never happened. And like cars from, like, have cars from the seventies and eighties to now really evolved that much? Like, ha- has our technology to be able to move? really evolved that much i don't think it has i think we're kind of like that flying cars thing that ain't happening <laughs> not any not anytime soon what i want is for someone to tell us for all you players out there <laughs> how can you be at two places at one time that's what i want to know you got a blonde on one edge of town and you got a brunette on the how are you in the metaverse you could totally do that right how can you be two places at once you know, and, and, and that's going to be the biggest mystery because time and, uh, and, and, and travel, I, I don't think they're, you know, you, like the old. Now um, we're getting deep. The old uh, uh, Star Trek, you know, the beam me up, Scotty. You know, of uh, course. Uh, is there ever, you know, logic says no. There's no way that we can just disintegrate you right now and in <laughs> 10 minutes. You're at the Roger Goodell press conference in Las Vegas. I, I, I just can't see how anything like that is going to happen. No, but like virtually, yes. You know, like we could be sitting in our living room and then be virtually transported to, hey, you're in SoFi Stadium watching the Super Bowl or whatever it's called in Vegas watching the Super Bowl. I, that's coming. Mm. Uh, we need to take a break. We do. We need to do that, no doubt. Uh, who do they got here? Uh, just keeping an eye on what's going on right now at the Super Bowl. So they're actually meeting tonight with both teams. All right, it, it is a uh, it is a whirlwind. This 
this event, and I get where if you haven't been there, and I know San Francisco was there four years ago, and Kansas City's literally now becoming, you know, the, the latest New England Patriots, but it is, it is a lot to ask. If, if you're not a friend of the media or you just despise anything that is the media, the other side of it is it, it's a great opportunity to pave the way for what you might want to do in your future. If you're really, really good and you take advantage of this and you get noticed, uh, they, you know, these playing careers end. Marshawn Lynch, dude. Yeah. I mean, he was already, like, famous for being a goofy guy. But that, I'm just here so I don't get fined uh, whole night, mm-hmm. really made him a household name. Yep. And now look at him. He's everywhere. There's no doubt. All right, we got much more to do with you tonight till 8 o'clock. He's JJ. My name's Rick Bogan. Into the Night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM. West Coast Golf made our way through California. Now we head over to Phoenix. And bad news. The number four, number five players in the world have both announced that they will not be participating. Victor Hovland is out. Xander Shoffley is out now at the the Phoenix Open. Uh, Of course, rain came to Pebble. And that ruined things on Sunday as well as we thought we were going to have the final 18 holes here on Monday. But when you, when you look at TPC Scottsdale and the tournament, uh, Scotty Scheffler is going to be there. Last week's winner, after 54 holes, Wyndham Clark, ranked sixth in the world, is going to be there. Max Homa at eight. Matt Fitzpatrick at nine. And Brian Harmon at ten. You also have JT, Jordan, uh, Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. I've always maintained that if Duke plays North Carolina in basketball, like we saw on Saturday, it doesn't matter who you put in the uniform. The fans are going to be there. If Florida State plays, I mean, Florida State played Georgia. We all know what happened with all those players who, who opted out. Um, it's still the school. It's still the team. I was asked about NASCAR last week. I covered every day 25, and I bet I've covered 25 in my life. And with Miller Lite, up until COVID, they had a terrace suite right behind Pit Row. And every year, I would go to the Daytona 500 because they were some of the best seats in the house. And it was, you know, all you could eat, all you could drink. It was just a blast. Okay? I, I've kind of removed myself from that. And I almost never talked NASCAR. The, these names are not recognizable to me the way they once were. The players is coming up in less than six weeks. And when you start taking Max Homa out, and or excuse me, you start taking John Rahm out and Tyrell Hatton out, and, you know, we saw what happened last year with Shambo, uh, Bryson DeChambeau and, you know, last year's winner in Cameron Smith or two years ago the winner in Cameron Smith and Phil Mickelson. You get rid of all these players. I, I still think, even though it's not like the Phoenix Open and how that's like a fraternity party, especially over 16, but it's, it's, um, it's got a Wrigley Field feel to it. It's got a Fenway Park feel to it. I, I think you get some of that at the players around 17, although I, I think it's a little bit more advanced. I think it's a little bit more educated 
if that makes any sense. I, I don't think it's a frat party. I think there's respect for the tournament, and, and my, myself included. I love it. I love the players. It is just incredible. And I think we'll see that there'll be record-setting tickets. There'll be record-setting money going to charity, and they'll come through. Really, I'm sure the only concern they really have at this point, again, is the weather. It seems like every year in March, you get bad weather. It just happened. I mean, it's happening in Phoenix, and it's, it's going to happen here. You know there's going to be a rain delay on Thursday. You just know it. It happens every year. But I do. I, 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 I wonder, what is it going to be like down the road? Is, is Jacksonville in a position where the players will always be the players, regardless of who's playing, because the event is so great? The course is gorgeous. Being around 17 with friends, it's, it's a party. Or are you going to start to lose appeal a little bit because these recognizable golfers, the top golfers in the world, all of a sudden gets cut in half? You, you remember forever, JJ, you'd have 48, 49 of the top 50 golfers here every single year. The only guys who didn't play were because if there was an injury. Now you're not going to have that with the live. You, you're going to be missing 10. I, I, I can't bring it up now. I can't remember it now. But, but last year on Thursday, during the first round, I remember looking at the leaderboard, and I was like, who in the hell is on the leaderboard at day one at the Players' Championship? Yeah, you know, a lot of people are speculating that Hovland and Xander are not playing this week, and they're going to live. <laughs> you know, Liv's having their tournament this week during the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. They were the story of golf this weekend. They had a, a night finish after a four-playoff hole because PGA didn't even have a finish. It, uh, They have John Rahm, mm-hmm. Cam Smith, DJ, Planning Phil, shorts. Sergio, like a, a thousand big names. Yeah. I, it, This whole, like... Hey, live is a joke thing. Say whatever you want, man, but that's there's great golf over there. Yeah. And it sucks that if Hovland's also not here and Xander's also not here in March, man, that sucks. It, it really does. It's you know, I think in, in in team athletics, you can get away with just the team and you play for the team. I mean, it doesn't matter who the Jaguars sign. Doesn't matter who the Jaguars bring in, coach or players, you're going to root for them. Doesn't matter who the Gators or the Seminoles or the Canes or the Do- you're going to root for them. But when you get to individual golfers, so many of these players are robotic. They look the same, they act the same, very little swagger, um, really lacking personality. And I'm not trying to diminish the product. That, that's not my. That's not my attempt here. I, 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 I'm going to sell the living snot out of this, okay? I mean, this is a phenomenal event. But in a way, it's, it's seriously, it's like the Rolling Stones are coming to town. Oh, by the way, Mick Jagger's not singing. You know? You understand what I'm saying? And I don't want to make light of the fact that, that Charlie Watts passed as a drummer or that Bill Wyman, you know, Bill Wyman, who was their bassist for 40-some-odd years, no longer is on bass. But it's different. It's different. It is different. But you take Mick Jagger away, then all of a sudden it's like, is this really the Rolling Stones that right. I'm saying? 
You start taking these guys away. <sighs> well, first off, they can no longer do the whole we have the best field in golf. That's just not even close to true anymore because now all the majors have all the guys from Live, or at least like the biggest, best names from Live. If you don't have the number two, arguably the best player in the world in John Rahm, you don't have the greatest field in golf. You don't even have a close one. You know, you don't have Cam Smith there. No. He just won your tournament like two years he ago. He lives here. Like he lives you, here. Look at last year's Masters, okay? Look at the top ten. I think it's like seven players are from Live. Like six out of the first top seven players are all Live golfers, I know. dude. I, I know people will say – well, you know, the the Masters is the easiest tournament. I don't give a damn, man. Like, that's – those are the best of the best out there. You know, that's what we care about is the majors and the guys who perform in the majors. So, yes, it's cool that, like, the PGA Tour has some rookie come on tour and win last week. But, man, I really would rather see John Rahm here than whatever the hell that rookie's name is. There's no doubt. And – you know, I don't want to get off on this, well, I'm going after everyone in leadership, right? I, I mean, my questions two weeks ago to Trent Baalke, I, I think I made myself perfectly clear how I feel about Roger Goodell, who just met with the media. Uh, Jay Monahan is the commissioner of the PGA Tour, is a total, complete joke. He lives here in town. He should not be the commissioner of the PGA Tour. He let everyone down. And now that they got this huge, you know, investment, a million, what, a, a billion and a half, and it could be worth three, all right, he made up some ground, but he totally let down the players on their tour. It's a PGA tour. It's their tour. And he screwed them over. And somehow he convinced the guy like Rory McIlroy to t- totally backtrack. Rory had a chance for once in his uh, for once in his life to stick out his chest to make a statement, and he succumbed. He gave up. He's gone back and basically apologized to the live guys. He's saying he still trusts Jay. Ma- I talk about riding the middle of the fence, and I think I think he's lost a lot. I think he's lost a lot of fans uh, because of it. I mean, he's just looked at differently. And and the other side of this is you can legitimately say. If Rory McIlroy went to live, he'd probably make a half a billion dollars. He'd probably get oh, a paycheck yeah. for five hundred million dollars if he if he elected to go there. And and you remember the whole blood money and all, bro, bro, that's gone. You don't hear about that anymore. It's gone. Things change. I mean, I I remember when you and, and I'm not to go back and and revisit it. Is is to simply make a point. Dropping a knee for the national anthem. I, I, I heard from you all, and I'm friends with a lot of people in the police force in town. I'm, I'm, I'm friends that I come from a military background where my dad served in the Army, where my mom's father, my grandfather served in the Navy, okay? And I respect the military. I love the military. But when you drop to I heard it all. Maybe you, honestly, maybe for a year, Maybe you stop going to some games. I can't remember the last time someone asked me about that. You, you, you went back. 
It's the same thing here with Liv. All that blood money, everything from Saudi, it's gone. People got over it. People have their own problems. They have their own issues. They I don't mean, worry es- about that stuff. Especially when they heard, hey, Monaghan and the PGA are about to take this money. You know, they're still working on a merger. So it's like, wait, the tour that we were so adamantly defending is now doing the thing that we were supposed to be arguing against. So, like, of course you don't hear that from the PGA talking heads anymore because it doesn't fit their argument. I'm looking at the uh, – come on, give me the, give me the score. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get – Live scores and it's it's kind of it's kind of oh it's difficult yeah it's kind of amusing it's team score and it's like I don't care about that it's kind of buried yeah you got to look for it all right so I have it up in front of me but but you just look at some of the names yeah Sergio uh, were in like four playoff holes yesterday John Rahm apparently bogeyed like the last two holes to drop out and lose on his debut (laughs) yeah. Neiman shot a 59. Bryson DeChambeau it says here and it was five strokes better than Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed's a great example. Patrick Reed is like the bad boy of golf. <laughs> I love Patrick Reed, and I love him for that reason. I've always kind of leaned the way of of uh, of bad guys. Okay, I, I can't tell you why that is. I, I it's something inside my brain that I'm I'm not necessarily proud of, but I am never not going to tell you the truth. Okay, it's. Yeah, I read all these James Patterson books and John Sanford books and C.J. Bot. I find myself oftentimes rooting for the criminal. I don't know why. I don't support. You know, I don't. I'm not a criminal. I don't want to be a criminal. I have, but I just maybe that's why you live vicariously through them. Well, and it, it was first discovered when I was a kid when I was like the only one out of my friends who always rooted for the heel in wrestling. Oh, my gosh, look at Bob Backlund. He's going to get you in a chicken wing. Oh, my God, look at Pedro Morales. He's going to get you in a rolling river and get a three call. I'm like, screw that, man. Look at Jesse the Body Ventura and Adrian Adonis. And give me Blackjack. Give me the bad guys. Give me Captain Lou Albano and Freddie Blassie and the Grand Wizard. I want the bad guys. You know, Liv got another semi-bad guy. They got Terrell Hatton. Okay. I like, Yeah. Big He's name. the guy who blows up on the course. You know, we haven't even mentioned Brooks Kepka, who I totally forgot to even on live. <laughs> but, like, the guy is, if not the most famous American golfer right now, he's certainly one of them. You know, all right, we need to take a break. We do. But, but, but you know what's scary? If you were to go to any bar, any saloon or salon right now, and go up to the person next to you that you think is a fan of golf. And you said to him, who won last year's players? What do you think the percentage of the people would be who would know the answer to that question? Bro, I'm having a hard time remembering yeah. right now. He's the number one ranked golfer in the world. Oh, okay, Scotty won. Okay. But that's kind of my point. You put me on the spot a few months ago asking me who won the NCAA college <laughs> yeah. basketball tournament a year ago. And I was like, Connecticut won it? It's like, it, it just... And again, I'm not trying to bite the hand that feeds me. I'm always trying to promote, but it's it's different. It's different right now. And I, I'm concerned. I, again, I think you'll get record-setting tickets. I think you'll get record-setting money for chair. And you'll hear that everything is just wonderful. But I'd be lying to you if I told you I'm not concerned about the future. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. 
Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. All right, first full week of the month of February. It is also Super Bowl week, and we found out that it does rain in the desert. <laughs> How about media day being on Monday night? I didn't realize they do it on Monday nights now. They don't. It. Uh, well, I guess Roger Goodell had his, and both teams are going to go out and meet the media. Yeah, now, so. tonight at the stadium, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is messed up because you and I have been to many Super Bowls. I mean, a lot of a lot of people begin to arrive tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow and Wednesday are kind yeah. of the arrival days, and media day is over by then. I guess Goodell with some news tonight that Philadelphia, a Friday night game to open up the season in Brazil. So you're going to have Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday, and Monday to kick off week one of the NFL season. And people don't understand that even though Pennsylvania – you know, there's that small little area that produced, you know, Joe Namath and, and uh, Dan Marino and all that. For the most part, in that part of the country, high school football is not respected. I played two Friday night games in my life, one as a sophomore and one as a senior. We played games at high noon on Saturday. So down here, it's like, what are they doing? Why you have college football on Friday night? The NFL on Friday Friday night should be for Friday night lights in the show that you do covering high school football. But it's fringe in so many other places in our country, including where I'm from. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, all we know is Florida, Georgia, Texas, Alabama, where we live, Friday night football is a big, big deal. But as you mentioned, up in the Northeast, maybe not as big a deal. Uh, it'll be interesting having a game kick off in Brazil. Uh, Friday night NFL, I'm not sure about it, but I guess it'll grow on me. And people are saying, well, the Jaguars play at Philadelphia there is a better chance of me becoming an astronaut than the Jaguars playing that game in Brazil because the Jaguars already are going to play a, a two games in Europe, presumably. There is no way the NFL would make them go to South America, too. I hope not. Oh, my gosh. Man, I have to believe not. And, you know, I'm kind of hoping that for them they will only play one game in London. But, you know, last year they had success there by winning both. So, who knows what's going to take place. All right, what else you got coming up tonight? We've got a lot of Jaguars. Obviously, Dave Campo coming up Monday night coaching with Campo. We'll talk Jags and the Super Bowl. Garrett Padell of CBS Sports. He gave me a couple of nuggets, Rick, real quick. Um, do you know how many 8-3 and three teams since the year 2000 went on to miss the playoffs like the Jaguars did this year? Oh, boy. Since you ask it that way, I'll say uh, three. Six. Right. The Jaguars were the sixth team, which I thought was interesting. Another thing Podell gave me, Josh Allen accumulated for 44% of the Jaguar sacks this year, which was by far and away the most for any single player on any team. And then finally, I thought this one was really good, 54 players declared for the NFL draft, juniors and such, out of college. Compare that to 2019 when over 140 guys declared for the NFL draft. Goes to show you the power of NIL and the power of the transfer yeah, portal. Guys are getting paid. They're not leaving. It, it does make a lot of sense. So, um, hey, maybe that's better uh, for our future as far as college football, especially with the 12-team college football playoff. Have a fun show tonight. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate all of you as well. Uh, we never check. I uh, never check the text line now that the show is over. But I'm always available on Twitter and or X. You can always get me there. Blue1010XL. I almost always respond. All right, so you can get me anytime. Blue1010XL on Twitter. Tomorrow night, after helmets and heels, the rest of the week, we are with you from 6 until 8. 
right here in your home of the Jags. Thank you to JJ with Salva. My name's Rick Ballou. We'll talk with you tomorrow on a Tuesday.